passion for the industry and I thought maybe this was uh something we were lacking you know um information uh backstories you know there's no magazines anymore and uh with with that being said um I've kind of taken an idea and, and ran with it uh but Thor Smith he's with us um he was he had been thinking about this for a while and uh Thor are you there yeah I'm with you Kyle and uh my name's Thor Smith I'm I'm here to help out however I can. Uh, just glad to be a part of the team. Uh, well, uh, today we're gonna we're gonna join uh, Matt Sharping with us, uh, Phenom Genetics, and way up in Minnesota. I'm sure it's a little cold up there. How are you, Matt? Good. How are you guys? Oh, couldn't be better. Good. Good. Excellent. Yeah, it's, it's a little chilly up here. It's uh, you know the Great White North. So. <laughs> oh, it was cold here today too. It was almost. I think 60, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds like a heat wave. It was like what, three. What was it that morning. thing? Three what? Three degrees? Three, three degrees above. And then the when we got up, and then this afternoon we had like a wind chill. of It warmed up, but the wind chill was still like three below. So That is crazy. I, don't yeah. think, I think that's God's way of telling you you're not supposed to live there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's tried to tell me a lot of different things why I shouldn't be up here, especially in the bull business. But it's it's all good. This is home, so we make it work here. Heck, you're you're probably fixing to have to get on the road here, huh? Yeah, I'm heading out Friday morning for Chicago. Uh, it'll be the first uh, PBR of the year for us. Uh, I try to uh, I always uh, avoid. New York at all costs. So <laughs> I I usually start my year off at Chicago and and uh go from there. But yeah, it's uh trying to get everybody it, ready to go. Is it pretty rough in New York? I've heard kind of some rumors. Have you ever been? Uh, you know, no I haven't. I mean, I'm a small town guy. So number one, well, I don't I, like yeah. the big city. And number two, like for us, people think it's close because we're in Minnesota, but it's really not. It's still like twenty four hours. And the tough thing is we have to drive around the Great Lakes to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're in the snow belt for, you know, about 18 of the 24 hours, and that's just not not a real good uh, good spot as far as I'm concerned to be hauling cattle through, it, you know, in this wow. time of year. Yeah, what, uh, I'm sure with the snow and stuff, you you got to do things a little different. I know there's breeders in the Dakotas and Montana and stuff, but where where – you winter some of your older bulls seems like they got an easy life compared to what you guys go through up there. Yeah, you know we send uh, Magic Train and and Airtime. They, those two head down south for the winter. They live better than I do. But uh, <laughs> the rest of them, you know, usually if they're especially if they're born up here, the the weather doesn't doesn't bother them at all. And most bulls, you know, the first year they might winter a little bit harder. They might not grow hair as good, but. Uh, you know, if they shiver enough, they're going to grow some hair for next yeah. year for sure. But, uh, you know, they they do pretty good. You got to – you have to feed more, you know, and a lot of people think, you know, people are watching the PBR and they're saying, man, bulls didn't buck as good in New York. They won't buck as good in Chicago. And the first half of the year, it's like, well, if, when you're up here and if the bulls are from up here, 
we have to feed them a lot heavier because that's the only way they stay warm is by feed. So you can't get them in as prime a shape. You know, my bulls are always going to be better the second half of the year than they are in the first half of the year. It's just the way it is because of the weather. And I'm sure something I've never thought of. That's, that's interesting. I've never, a lot of Southern, them Southern bulls that go up there, hell they're in shock. Oh, yeah, they're damn cold. There's, uh, <laughs> you know, if uh, you take it from 60 degrees and all of a sudden it's zero or 10 degrees or, you know, whatever, snow is blowing, you know, it, it can be hard on them too. And, you know, you got to be careful so stuff doesn't get sick and don't push them too hard, you know, but it's, uh, and it's no different than for us. Like, I'm not going to go to Phoenix coming up because I'm not going to go from, you know, zero degrees to, 70 degrees and expect my bulls to handle that either because that's not good for them because all my stuff's all haired up mm-hmm. you know so it's it's a tough uh you, you got to kind of pick and choose where you go at the, at the beginning of the year and get them bulls to you know get them in as good a shape as you can like right now it's really icy at home so like exercise is not really an option right now either because you can't run them if if i'm gonna if i'm gonna exercise them i'm gonna hurt them you know mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's a tougher part of you know this is a tough time of year for us to do it but you know we make it work and and you you know get them in as good a shape as you can get them and feeling as good as you can and nice thing is we go to Chicago they're not going to worry about the weather they don't care <laughs> you know? oh yeah, but yeah they're they're uh, they might be a little heavy than heavier than I like them to be anyway Speaking what are you of, taking to Chicago Matt what's hard to interrupt Kyle what are you taking to Chicago Matt oh we got. Uh, Beagle, Bad Beagle, and Arctic Assassin, and Magic Mike, and Lethal Larry, and um, Get Smoked, High Test, the old 10-year-old, he's still going, Dang. Um, American Pride, Deaconator, Ma- uh, I don't know what I say, Magic Mike, Uncle Keith. No. Um, Try to load anyway. Yeah, there's 11 of them. I've been oh. following Bad Beagle for a long time. What's Lethal Larry? He loves them bullfighters. <laughs> um, Lethal, Have you seen him, he, Kyle? Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's a cool bull. He's a he's a deacon son uh, uh-huh. that Akamazo raised. Um, we got three that we kind of segregate stuff here on you know who gets along and then what their feed requirements are and then how fast they eat. That's how we s- separate our bulls. Yeah. So it's a pen of three. Usually there's pens of threes, threes, fours, you know, some singles and whatnot. But uh, that pen is three Deacon Sons. It's Lethal Larry, Magic Mike, and Deaconator. They're all three Deacon Sons from Akamazo. And it, it's just kind of funny that they all kind of fit together and they get along really well. And But it's huh. three solid black bulls that are, you know, they all got that Deacon look to them. And but I really like the Deacon stuff. It's that's been uh, It's been some really good stuff for us. So you keep you keep bringing up you know feed requirements and feed, harder to feed up there in the winter it takes more for them to stay in mm-hmm. shape. Uh, me and you've talked before about about feed and that's something that you take a a lot of pride in. Um, it seems like I don't I'm not saying that everybody doesn't, but there's a lot of new people in this business that uh, may may not just quite understand exactly what a feed program does for an animal and my belief is you're only going to get out of them what you put into them and uh kind of touch on your feed a little bit you don't have to give away your secrets but but i know you do take a lot of pride in that yeah you know it because i came i didn't come from rodeo and bull riding and and all this stuff and and so when i got into it you know it really tried to uh you always try to 
you know, I learned a long time ago, if you want to be really, you know, if you want to be successful at something, you go to someone who is successful and try and learn a, everything that they do. And, you know, and, and the stuff that I've learned from Akamazo and, and a number of different people, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the feed, once they're born, they're genetically who they are. So the only things you can do to help them is by how you feed them and how you handle them. So a big part of that is their nutrition. So uh, I've worked with my vet, uh, Dr. Overbo here in Minnesota. It's awesome. You know, I found a, a vet that he's a mile from my house, mile and a half maybe. And uh, he loves this deal. Obviously, there was no bucking bull people up here before. He never worked on bucking bulls. But this guy is super smart um, in, in as far as his vet care. But he's also extraordinarily smart in, in his nutrition side of things. And he's really taken, you know, when I started, I'd go to a feed store and they're like, well, we got this beef feed or we got this dairy feed. I said, well, I'm not going to eat these things. And I sure as hell ain't going to try milking them. So we need to figure out, you know, this is a, it, it's an athlete. So we got to feed them like an athlete. And so it's, you know, we've really evolved and we, we make our own concentrate pellet that we have manufactured. And then I take it to the feed mill and then they'll mix it with our commodities. But, you know, we've kind of taken, when we developed a pellet, Doc said, he goes, he goes, what, what's your main concern? Is it the, the cost of it or is it the, the end product? I said, I don't care what it costs. I want the best thing I can feed. I want to develop the best product I can absolutely do. And what a lot of people don't realize when you start, when you're dealing with feeds, especially when you start talking about your vitamins and minerals and all that type of stuff, it's no different than if we go to, um, oh, you, know, you go to a, a Morton Steakhouse and you get a steak or you get a steak at, uh, you know, at the at Denny's, you know, it's, yeah, they're both steaks, but they're two drastically different pieces mm -hmm. of meat, right? So okay. it's no different when it comes to feeding our animals, even though you may say, hey, I got this, you know, this mineral content in mine, it's the same as yours. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have the same numbers but the quality of the product that's in it can be drastically different. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think just because you have the vitamins and minerals, you got it. But like our chelated uh, minerals go into the body totally different than everybody else's chelated minerals that are feeding bovines. So it's, uh, it does get a little bit over the top and high tech and I'm kind of a feed nerd. So, um, but it's, that's what makes it fun. You know, it's, they're only, like you said, they only buck as good as they feel. So, you know, you got to make sure that they're, they're feeling good. And we, you know, I don't have any secrets. I mean, as far as what we do, I sell our feed, you know, if people want to buy our feed, I sell it. And a lot of guys up here do use it. Um, and it's not like it's something that I'm hanging on to. It's like, no, I don't want anyone else to know about it. It's like, Hey, have at how it, much man. does it cost? Uh, the you concentrate pellet. Well, whatever or, you're selling. I, I sell it two ways. I either, I sell the concentrate pellets people. And so they can just buy the pellet and then mix it with their commodities, whatever mm -hmm. commodities they have in their area. Or we sell a complete feed, too. That's exactly what is in my bin at home. It's the exact same thing bagged for them. And so, what is that a bag? Uh, my bag feed is 15 bucks a bag. I got you. And, and co concentrates 30 bucks a bag. How much do you think, uh, how much do you think a bull gets in a day? I mean, how much do you give in a day? Uh, every animal is different and, yeah. and that's, so you, you don't know, go like, by percentages. No, I mean, it, it's, it's really on, on the, what do you want them to look like? 
you yeah. know, what condition are they in? So we have pens, and that's why, you know, everybody's like, man, you know, and, and now we did, you know, a little separate deal, but we we did, uh, we're in on a rodeo card now with Sankey Rodeo, and people are like, man, you ain't going to be able to handle that because you can't put all your stuff together. It's like, well, we understand that it's different for that deal. So those bulls are going to be, you know, it'll get it a little bit differently. But like all of our, our cup bulls, you know, they're getting, they're separated out. So I know Bad Beagle gets exactly what he needs every day. There's nothing, nobody else going to eat his feed. He's getting what he needs. Yeah. Um, but what he gets compared to what high test gets or what get smoke gets, you know, everybody's different. And it's, it's really based on, you know, sometimes their size, but more so it's just what their body condition is. Yeah. You easy can, keepers or, or yeah. bulls that are hard to keep and yeah. And how much weight they want to carry. I understand. I mean, exactly. Sense. So it, it, it really varies, you know, and easy, you know, uh, and what we label it as is you want to feed 1% body weight, which is kind of a safe number. But, mm-hmm. if, you know, like like Airborne, for instance. Airborne's a, you know, he's a coming four-year-old airtime son. And this winter, my goal was to get him big. He was getting a hell of a lot more than 1% of his body weight. And he has gotten huge. I bet he's put on 300 pounds in the last three months. You feed once a day or twice a day? twice a day yeah twice a day and we ship all our hay in i i don't feed hay from up here um i sh- i bought a 53 foot van trailer and i go buy semi loads of hay uh in arkansas and bring it up here mm. because the the amount of lignin in the hay in the coastal hay coming from down south is a lot lower than even what our best hay up here is and so if you take the hay up here it's going to hang in their gut for 72 hours where if i buy hay from down there i can get it to pass their gut in 48 hours wow big difference when you go to draw one down and that's called lignin lignin and that's uh, what is that i've never heard that's what's that is basically what is what the stem of grass is made out of i got you so you want less of that in your hay for for these athletes right you need to have the most a lot of people get kind of twisted up on that deal is they're going to feed a hay, maybe it's a flatter leafed hay and whatnot. So the hay, in theory, is what creates a floating mat in their gut, in their rumen, mm-hmm. right? So that has to have that floating mat. The flat blades of grass do not create that floating mat. They sink. And that's wow. how why a bull gets loose, right? Mm-hmm. So I want the stem, but I want them to be a small stem and something they can digest fast, fairly fast. Yep. So that's that's why we do what we do with our hay. Makes sense, makes sense. Um, let's jump back. I know you've probably told this story three hundred times, but since <laughs> me and you kinda go way back from yep. before you were big time, I guess you could say. Oh uh, shit, I'm big time now, man. And I was <laughs> and I was rodeoing trying to trying to make it and I stay at your house a couple times and whatnot, uh and the story you told me about how you got in on accident. Uh, maybe yeah. there'll be some listeners out there that hasn't heard that before. Um, yeah, that, that's a true story. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, on the edge of my seat. This is this <laughs> this whole deal was an accident. This I, I was man. All the best up, things are. Oh, it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, the best bull I've ever carried down the road is an accident. So this mm-hmm. kind of all fits. But the that's, uh, that's the next story I want to hear. Yeah, the. Uh, yeah, this was all an accident. I was actually, 
I was a tool salesman, so I, I raced a ton when I was growing up. So I was, I'm very competitive. I hate losing, still hate losing. That's just the way I am. Just that's the way I'm wired. But I was a tool salesman, and, and we had a lot of success with it. And the tool company had sent me – I was a tool man here in, in Minnesota, and they sent me to uh, western Michigan and northern Indiana to be a district manager. So we pick up our family, move over there. And uh, I realized I I really missed the animals from being on the farm. I wasn't living on the farm when I was here, but, you know, my mom still had the farm. We still had some steers out here and whatnot. And uh, I really missed the animal side of it. I don't like crop. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a farmer. I don't like, I don't like tilling crops and planting that type of stuff, but I liked cattle. And so I was out there. I was like, man, my kids are small. And I was like, I need to make sure that I have animals for my, like my daughter's getting old enough to, you know, maybe do a horse or something. So I was online looking for a horse for my daughter and I ran across a bucking bull website and I had, uh, I knew I was going to get to move home eventually and I wanted to raise cattle, but I wanted something different. I didn't want to raise, you know, Angus. I didn't want to raise, you know, I wanted something different, something fun. Yeah, those are boring, right? Yeah. I wanted something that could kill me, you know, I was looking for something a little more exciting. <laughs> And uh, so I ran across the bucket bowl list. I'm like, man, where do they come from? Who raises them? And uh, long story short, I started doing some research, and I went and visited a, a ranch in Ohio. And and uh, then I was looking online, and I ran across a breeder's connection. And, you know, this is, you know, 11, 12 years ago. Um, the breeder's connection, like the message board, was a hot thing, you know, it was before oh, Facebook yeah. and all this stuff. And so I was on, you know, on there and they had a sale and there was this reindeer dipping heifer on this sale. And I'm like, man, you know, I like, I thought reindeer dipping was a cool bull and I'm looking and I'm like, oh, you know, she was at 5,000 bucks. Well, I'm going to throw a bid in. I'll never get her, but I'm going to throw a bid in and threw a bid in for 5,100 bucks and the sale ends. And I'm like, holy shit, man, I live in uh, a development in Michigan. I have no <laughs> go with this thing. And now I have a freaking rodeo heifer. And, uh, so I call the guy I bought her from and I'm like, Hey, I said, the heifer's in Nebraska, but you need me to send a check to, to Denver. He goes, Oh yeah. I said, I live on a golf course because I don't take care of them. I just, you know, I own them. I board them. I'm like, Oh, no kidding. So well, I'm in a little bit of a uh, predicament <laughs> here. I, I kind of need to do the same thing. <laughs> and so Steve and Julie Ravenscroft is where the, the heifer was at. And he goes, I'll call Steve and Julie. I'm sure they'll take care of it. And, I called them and they were gracious enough to, you know, let me board her there. And, and I said, well, it would be okay if I bought a couple more. So I ended up buying five heifers and a bull calf, unbucked bull, you know, weanling bull. And, uh, so eventually I get to move home and, and, uh, built one pen over at my neighbor's, rented my neighbor's, uh, place because there's nothing at home. We didn't have, you know, putting steers in something is totally different than putting rodeo cattle in it. And, uh, so I had to build a fence over, build a pen over there. And I dumped these five heifers and this one bull in there with her or with them. And, and, uh, the next year I ended up with two bull calves and one of those bull calves is high test. Wow. I love that. Yeah. And the best part of it is his daddy was a no bucking SOB. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he didn't buck a lick, but it was cool. I mean, you know, it was just the good Lord blessing me in a, in a way that uh, kind of given me my start. That is actually how, so I started hauling this bull and I don't, I have no clue what the hell I'm doing. 
You know, he, he succeeded in spite of me because I didn't do him no damn favors. And <laughs> so it was, you know, I just started hauling this in bull competition. He started winning everywhere we took him. And I'm like, well, dang, this is cool. This is easy, you know. <laughs> Little did I know it's not that easy. But, uh, you know, he started winning. I'm like, man, you know, I went through a divorce when I was in Michigan before I moved home. And, and kind of, you know, the, my whole world kind of crashed around me. And I'm like, I moved home and I didn't have no money. I was broke. Um, I had these five, you know, I wouldn't sell these five head of cattle or six head of cattle. Um, but I went back on a tool truck. And so I was making my living again, getting my feet back on the ground. And so the bulls started making a little bit of money. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm not going to keep that for myself. I need to give that to charity because I, re, you know, good Lord blessed me with a lot of stuff when I was young and I probably didn't appreciate it enough. And I swore I'd, you know, after that, I'd never be greedy about anything. And uh, so I was like, I'm going to give that money to charity. And that's how I got hooked up with Jared Allen because I hunted him down and I said, because I loved his charity. I mean, he's a good football player and, and that's great. But I, I got hooked up with him because I loved what his charity is and what it stands for. And, you know, Jared Allen's home streaming warriors. So that's how Jared and I got hooked up, never intending for him to want to do anything in the bull business. Um, and then, it, you know, one thing led to another and he called me one day. I was still on tool truck. And he's like, hey, he's like, I want you to sell your tool business. Let's start a, let's do a bull business. Let's do it big. I'm like, oh, that's pretty easy for you to say, man. You signed a pretty <laughs> good contract playing football. I said, I still make my living selling tools. He's like, we'll be okay. And, and uh, it just happened where a guy asked me about buying my truck and buying my route and everything happened. I told my wife, I have no idea how this is going to work, but I'm going to, the good Lord's putting it all in place. I'm going to go do it. I'll bust my tail at it because that's just the way I am. But I could fail miserably. I don't know because I don't know a lot. Wow. And, and so that's that's how I got into being a stock contractor. Now, we bought Jared out a year ago now. Jared uh, wanted to get out, and, and he's. I talked to him today. He's still a great friend, but um, he just his wife really didn't enjoy the bull deal, and that's great. you got to take care of your family first. So it uh, we bought him out last year, so now it's just our deal. And we have a lot of great, great part, other partners too, but. Yeah, it's it's just our own deal now. That's incredible. I mean, if you take away all the like success and fame and buckles, that's exactly how I got in. I did one time on a cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one time. It is. We actually it's... we actually named her one time because, yeah. you know, we didn't really have the money to pay for. Her, yeah. And I was like, one time, one time. Yeah. You know, I think that's how everybody gets in. It it must be some kind of a trick that they do with those sales or something. Oh man, you know, it, it was funny. I just had this conversation with a very good friend of mine. Um, some, uh, he's a recovering alcoholic, and my dad is an alcoholic, so we were laughing about some stuff. And he's like, "I, I think I got, uh, I, I think I need treatment again." And he said, but not for alcohol, for this damn bull business. <laughs> I said, yeah, I think we need a 12-step program for this deal because it is, it is an addiction. I don't know what it is, but it just, yeah, it just, I always want more. Yeah, love, it's cool, though. I mean, it's it's a fun deal. I love the story, even though I've heard it a bunch. But, you know, you're talking about an accident that that long ago, and that sucker was high test, was so good and still going. Yeah, still going. I was. I keep thinking I'm gonna retire him, but it's like that bull loves it so much, and he's not. He's staying in good shape. He's not losing anything, and I mean he's not as good as he once was. Not quite as quick, but he still loves it, and he still can go and still go to to the PBRs at at that level. It's like, 
man, I just, I have a hard time telling him he can't go because he literally gets physically pissed when that truck backs up and he don't get to get on. Man, <laughs> and, and so it's like, I just feel like, well, until you, you know, give me a reason to say, hey, you're done. I'm not, you're not going anymore. I guess just keep going, buddy. That's uh, great. Them bulls that love it like that. Those are the kind. Oh, man. Easy keeper. Never had a never had anything, you know, a little heart infection one time when he was younger, but other than that, he's never had anything, doesn't take much feed, you know, and just <laughs> what kind of cow is he out of, Matt? He's out of a kid rock daughter out of the dams at Tahanta. Wow. And what's his dad, the no bucking SOB? A mudslinger son out of a yellow jacket daughter. Gotcha. So lots of lots of good pedigree there yeah he's got great pedigree he's just his daddy didn't buck but i mean did he, you ever did you have any other calves out of his out of his dad out of his sire uh yeah i hadn't i only had a couple because once i figured out he didn't buck and as i was getting you know more educated i'm like what am i doing why you know i probably should sure. breed there's probably something else to breed to i probably should have kept him and kept breeding to him but um actually he's still breeding cows he's a guy in pennsylvania owns them really yeah. and he and he makes some pretty good calves yeah he makes nice calves yeah, nice a pet too, wasn't he, Matt? Oh, he's a huge pet. High test a pet. High test. My daughter rides around in his pen bareback. Wow. I mean, he's he's a he is literally a big dog. But now his mama is a mean, nasty witch. So what else have you had out of her? Um, I got a three-year-old airtime son out of her right now that uh, seems to be pretty decent. Um, I had a magic train. Uh, bull cap out of her that uh, got killed. Um, Did you ever flush her, just live breed her, or what? I flushed her one time and, and to uh, thumbs up and got a heifer out of her. That was the only thing she didn't she didn't flush that great. And I'm mm-hmm. just not a big flush guy, honestly. Sure. And, and it, honestly, just because I'm blessed to have the the bulls that we have standing around here, it's like it's pretty easy for me to turn airtime, magic train, bad beagle. You know, somebody like that out on cows, and I ain't got to pay nobody to flush nothing or do anything. Yeah. It's it kind of you know, unfortunate. Kinda to my next question, I mean, when we talk about genetics nowadays, there seems to be some hot, hot bloodlines and this and that, and hot items, I guess, at certain times. And high test may or may not fall into the some of them categories. But with what you have standing around there, short round bulls and and bull of the year candidates and stuff. Have you bred the high test just for the fact that he's lasted so long and was so good to you? You know, I I did a couple of years ago. I bred a few, and uh, honestly, I I he I just gave him a handful, and it was honestly it was with airtime daughters. So I thought I'm gonna get these, you know, give all these airtime daughters. I'm gonna breed the high test, try and put some brains in them, and uh, and all I I got one heifer. <laughs> so I still ain't got no bull calves out of them, but. There is one bull calf, a guy years ago came to me and wanted to live breed one of his cows to high test. And there's, you know, these people never registered, never did nothing with them. But that bull, it's a bucking little bugger, honestly. That bull bucks. And so I should breed it to more, you know, but the tough thing is, you know, I always got to look at it as a business standpoint too. And I know that a magic train, a bad beagle, an airtime calf is going to bring more money when I go to sell a calf than a high test calf will. I guess. You know, so I, I mean, 
Actually, uh, Brendan Elder just talked about uh, leasing him this coming year for breeding. I don't know if he's going to or not, but uh, he needs to go breed somebody's cows. I mean, he's a, he's a good bull. So. So when we talk about things that you've got going on and and you're busy on the road all the time and whatnot, you also do a pretty big deal up there uh, in Minnesota. Wasn't it July, August, sometime like uh, that? September. September. Yep. Uh, what kind of touch on that? That goes towards Jared's deal, uh, yep. the foundation, and you got a big fraternity, bull riding, bull team, the whole nine yards, and heck, you see pictures from it, and I mean, there's people everywhere. Yeah, it's it's been really cool. You know, the town I live in is 2,200 people. We live in a small town, and we're not in bull riding country, but the, the fair board came to me and asked me if I would help them put on a bull riding, not during the fair, but a standalone bull riding the second week of September, and I said, yeah, I'd help you. Said, the only way I'm going to do it, though, is if you donate to charity, and so it became a big charity event. We've we've donated over $160,000 now to charity uh, from that little bull riding, and the coolest thing about it is the community and area supports it so well that through sponsorship, we generate a ton of money uh, from sponsors, and so our bull riders, it's a no-drag bull riding. It's a $100 entry fee, and it's um, 10000 added with a $2,500 bounty bull. And, they, I mean, it's, I told them I wanted a competitor's event, so we don't drag anything from the competitors. And the uh, bull team deal, it's 30 bull teams at 2500 bucks an entry fee and 5000 added and no drag. And so we pay out, you know, 80,000 bucks in that as well. Wow. So it's, it's a pretty cool deal. We paid out a little over 115,000 last year to, you know, to people through the bull riders and bull team. And, and we do a little fraternity that I just, I do myself here uh, that same weekend. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool deal. We pack the place, uh, standing room only. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's something that, I really take a lot of pride in the fact that we, we get all Matt Noble steel. So we set up pens. We have, you know, basically two and a half semi loads of steel here when we do it. Um, so when people, when I take bull numbers in from people, I say, how many pens do you need? Tell me what, what you're bringing, how many pens, how you want them penned. And everybody gets pens. I, I, you know, so many times, you know, those of us in the bull business know you go places and it's like, well, you know, we don't have enough pens or we don't have this. And it's like, Man, that's always it's it's frustrating, you know. And so I wanted one where it was, you know, we always we take care of the people who are taking care of us, and that's people who are put, you know, that are bringing their bulls and and playing the game and and all that stuff. So we do it, really try to take care of our all the contractors and and do it right. But it's so it's a lot of fun. It's it's a cool little deal and it's evolved into a lot bigger than I ever anticipated it'd be. You know, it's uh, but like I said, a lot of that has to do with the community supporting it. They always you know, we pack the stands and the sponsors are unreal. I mean, we generate a pile of money in sponsor dollars every year and that's what allows us to have a lot of added money and no drag and, you know, all, and all these, all this steel and, you know, it's, that's what makes it all work is because the, the local businesses will all, you know, pop for sponsor dollars. That's pretty awesome that, that you guys are able to generate that much money for, for a charity for veterans, you know? Uh, yeah, that's what it's cool, really cool all about. See that. Do, do the, are you getting some players from the South? You know, I mean, 
I didn't even know that it was that much added, 100% payback, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you fill it up pretty easy? Yeah, we. so how I do it is we take 30 teams, and whoever had teams last year has first rights to their teams for the next following year. If you give your team up, uh, I have a waiting list, and so we do a lottery for the open positions. Um, but, yeah, okay. we, we have – we have people from all over that come up for this, you know, come up for it. So it's, it's been, it's been outstanding, but yeah, we, awesome. we never have a shortage of bull teams. <laughs> Everybody likes all that money. <laughs> oh yeah. Is it, is it rank style or, or rider friendly? I do CBR style rules. Okay. Um, so it's a rider friendly deal because, and the reason I do that, it's not most conducive for me for uh, like our typical pentables, but it's what's best for the, for a performance for in our area with a 10,000 added deal. Uh, what sells the show is having bull rides. If you're going to buck everybody off, the fans ain't going to enjoy it. So we want bull rides. So we do it that way with the added money. Now, if we had 25,000, you know, 30, 40,000 added and it wasn't on a weekend of a cup. Yeah. We could do a rank bull style. But it it doesn't make sense in in the situation that we're in, so we do it CBR style rules. Now last year uh, we did um, do put a little twist on it, so the the highest uh, marked bull, the rankest bull of the whole the, of the weekend, got a five thousand dollar bonus and twenty five hundred bucks for second in that, and then I had a bull MVP, which was the highest um, bull score plus ride time. With a five thousand dollar bonus, and second place is twenty five hundred as well. Um, Innovative, so, yeah, just trying to do different stuff, you know, and and trying to get more people to win money and and have more fun with it, you know, and and we want people to have fun, you know, we we all do this for fun, is the main thing, you know, and like I tell every partner that ever buys a bull with me, I always tell them, you have to before you write me that check, you got to be able to take that money and light it on fire and watch it burn before you write me a check with it. Because I can't guarantee you anything. This is supposed to be fun. That you have to spend your fun money if you're going to partner on bulls in the bull business. And well, you're a full-time bull man now, aren't you? Yes, sir. Well, yep. I mean, it's it's supporting your living. Don't you think it can support some other people's living as well? Yeah, but you know, tip, it, it can. I mean, I understand it's a gamble. I'm not I'm not going to argue on that point. I understand it's a gamble, but the fun money thing, like it, it can be profitable, can it? Sure, it can be, but it can also you can also spend fifty thousand on half interest in a bull and lose it tomorrow. Yeah. So I, I don't think, want I think someone what he's, coming what to he's me and to saying, say, "Oh, go ahead." I, I just going to tell Thor. I think what he's trying to say is, you know, people that are wanting wanting to get in, seeing the success Matt's had, that it's not it it doesn't happen like that. Spending that kind of you know buying half interest in a bull one time, you know, and right seems like a partner that buys the bull there that's not going to be there living anyways you know sure right yeah it's just it the i think we're and i talked to some different buddies of mine where they've kind of got themselves maybe sometimes in a pickle with a partner because they they do portray it that it's you know you're going to win money you're going to win money you're going to win money yes you can win money and it can be very lucrative but you can also lose it and if as as the contractor, if you're not doing your due diligence and explaining to these people that they can also lose that money, you sh- you're not doing them you're doing them a disservice. 
I, be, I totally agree. I, that, that's kind of why I described it as a as a gamble. Yep, it is. It's high stakes gambling. Yeah, I totally. mean that's that's what that's what I do for a living. <laughs> that's what people are buying it. You know, that's what they're doing. I mean, it's and I, I say it joking, but it, it's really kind of what it is. But you, we there's calculated risk, right? Sure. There's calculated risk in everything we do. So you have to. That's why you're you're trying to pick the right thing and do the right do it the right way and and you know, hedge your bet, you know, try to get the best odds you can to succeed with it. So, uh, well, Matt, we probably, uh, ought to start wrapping it up, but I think Thor, he's got a pretty, pretty good idea. He wants to end in these podcasts in a certain way. Thor, hopefully you've been thinking about it. Oh man, that's all I do. That's all I do. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an idea guy. You're the, you're the facilitator. We've got a game that I'm going to go out on a limb and say we invented, although we may have we may have stole bits and pieces of it from, you know, something else. But uh, in our perfect podcast world, you've got three bulls, okay? And they're all in their prime, the prime of their career. And we're going to tell you what three bulls they are, and you've got to buck one, choose one to buck, put on your truck and buck wherever you're going. You choose one to breed with, turn out on your cows, breed with, and you've got one that you've got to butcher. <laughs> so we're going to pick three bulls, and we want to hear what your uh, what your decision is and why, because I think it's a great conversation, a great topic, great conversation starter. So I've been thinking man, about you're gonna, this. You're going to piss one guy off really bad when you <laughs> tell someone that man that guy butchered your bull. <laughs> hey man, it's just it's just. It's just part, you know, it's just part of it. They they all can't, yep. and that's kind of, you know, hard decisions. But I've been thinking about it for, for a while, and yep. uh, you said something earlier. So I thought of these bulls before the deal. You said something earlier that kind of, I, I think I know where this is going to go now, but I'll tell you the three that I thought of. Yep. Wolfman, Dillinger, and Reindeer Dippin'. And I know you made the comment earlier about Ranger Dip and you bought a heifer, so I kind of think I know where this is going, but I still want to hear. Those are the three I had picked out before the before the oh, show started, so I want to hear what you got to say. Man, that's that's three classics right there. Um, oh, well, that's the point. I can't I can't throw a dud in there. That make it easy. Uh, yeah, you're going old school. You're you're going. Well, those are three different for my time. <laughs> yeah, but but that's three different generations. Oh too. yeah, no, I, I I get it. You know, I would. Uh, I would probably. Oh man, that's tough. I would probably say. Uh, so I, I obviously I like big bulls. I'm not a big paturity guy. Um, I like the big bulls, um, and I like them to have a little X factor to them. The uh, only problem with that is is reindeer was like really on or really off. Yeah. Yeah. So I would probably have to say um, I'd probably breed Wolfman, Buck Dillinger, and Butcher Reindeer. So just to be clear, you're going to kill the bull that created one of the greatest of all times. Yeah. Okay. Because his percentages right. weren't as good. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to kill Bushwhackers, Dad. We got that. And you're going to mm-hmm. buck which one? Dillinger. Dillinger. I like that. Dillinger, in my opinion, was one of the greatest bulls of all times. Yep. And you're going to breed with Wolfman because you think he's got high percentages. And he's got high percentages. Solid. And the the thing that you can't, that, like, as I'm thinking through this, I'm thinking is it's always a compliment deal. 
So if I'm going to breed Wolfman, I'm going to breed him to all my airtime heifers. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Because he's a fast spinner, so you know, whatever. You breed so. Wolfman to airtime daughters, and they might fly. They might actually fly. Hey, they might. They might have wings. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to lie. It, that that was that was my exact uh, my. Favorite. Is it really? Yeah, I I agree with Matt though. I mean, you look at you look at what Wolfman Wolfman's done for Don's program, and you take it, you know, what it's done for other people flushing and using. Them. I mean, he's had a lot of success, and his daughters are pretty dang good. There's no question. I mean, what what Dillinger did being multi-time bull of the year and reindeer was good and and. Bushwhacker, you know, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he only brought, you know, he was only the sire to ESPN's, like, top athlete. But whatever, we'll kill him. It's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one time. It's that's your freaking free game, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and it is. It's, that's a tough, that's, you know, that's a tough call because you'd never, you'd never butcher him, right? But in well, the you game, just, yeah. you, we, we, have to, we have to choose one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the game. Because if you really look at it, besides Bushwhacker, what are the other really good reindeer calves? Right I really don't know. I know there's a couple off the top of my head. There was a bull named Red Man that was a long round bull. Yep. Um, I, I probably can't. I probably can't rattle off anymore. Yeah, and and that's that's what's that's the thing that would scare me. I'm bit. sure. I'm sure Julio could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet he could. Yeah, I bet he could. I'd hope so. And I bet if if you put him on this in the same game and put him on there. I know he ain't butchered well, him. <laughs> yeah, but, but see, we, we were, we took it easy on you cause we didn't give you three of your bulls, you know, oh, so I mean, you, I, it, if we ever are lucky enough to get Julio on, we probably won't throw reindeer in there. You, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to butcher your own. Yeah. Well, Matt, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. It's been cool. Absolutely. Got to find the start where you started and kind of, what you're about uh it's pretty neat hearing all the foundation uh you know uh charity stuff that you do and and your bull riding and kind of how you make it work with them bulls up north and traveling all over and i guess it's been interesting hopefully hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did absolutely man i appreciate you having me on how can uh how can people find you if they're looking for you if out in podcast land they're listening to this and they haven't heard of you and they want to find you and follow you or whatever Facebook, Instagram, what do you what do you got? Yeah, we do both Facebook and Instagram, just Phenom Genetics, P H E N O M uh genetics uh on Instagram and uh same thing on on uh Facebook. So yeah, check it out. We would just like to thank everybody for tuning in to Buckstock News Podcast, listening, um social media, you can find us on Facebook, Buckingstock News as well as Instagram. Make sure to uh, subscribe to Buckingstock News YouTube channel. And thanks again. Mm-hmm.